A I N M E N U Main Menu Main Menu Main Menu Welcome everyone, this is your co-host Jason Castingway speaking, and you're listening to Main Menu for the 28th of April 2017. Well, if you've been sitting on the couch enjoying that television, you're going to want to sit up straight and get your note taker and get ready for an episode of Macademia. (laughs) I can't believe how long it's been. So I'm talking about the finder this time. After that, we're going to have some comic relief with a fun little bit from Randy Rusnak. Then Randy and I get together to talk tech And at the end of the show, I'll give you a little Windows tip. I don't have a series for that. I wonder what I should call that. All right, after this brief announcement, enjoy the show. Opinions expressed on ACB Radio are those of the respective program contributors and cannot be assumed to serve as endorsements of products or views of the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. Macademia. Hi, everyone, and welcome to another in our series of Macademia. I bet you thought I forgot all about Macademia. I went to look at the last file, and the date on it was August of last year. Uh, Wow, I didn't realize it had been quite that long. So here we are, and today I would like to talk about the Finder and working with files. After all, that's mostly what you do with the Finder unless you just scream at it like sometimes I do. (laughs) Okay, so first I would like to talk about Windows versus tabs. I'm sure you've come to realize that in the file menu, there is the new window option and the new tab option. And either of them allow you to get all sorts of work done. It's just that when you create new windows, you're actually creating multiple spaces on the screen. So visually, you can see different windows containing different files, and that allows a person to have a view of the different files and simply drag and drop from one window to another. So picture in your mind several panes and just being able to move things from one to another. That's not such a bad idea. However, I find that I don't want multiple windows open because to me, I imagine it to eventually get kind of cluttered. I know that new tabs are different. Having tabs doesn't create multiple windows, but it creates multiple tabs. Uh, And how is that beneficial? Well, it's just one window that you're dealing with, and there's a little tab bar in the window that indicates how many tabs are open. And I believe visually it shows little icons to indicate exactly where they are. And maybe there are even labels on them so that if you need to drag and drop from one to another, you can do that. If you are dragging and dropping with the mouse, however, you will be dragging from the currently selected tab only. I don't believe you can drag and drop from a non-selected tab right into your current tab. I find that the focus switches a little faster if I just have multiple tabs open. You can use Control tab and Control shift tab to switch between tabs So that's kind of interesting. You can remember that the tab key is used to switch between tabs along with the control tab, you know, control and control shift forwards and backwards. If you have multiple windows open, it's command accent 
and command shift accent. That accent key is the key located to the left of the numeral one key on the top row. When you're finished working in any windows or tabs, command W closes them. So in summary, you can have multiple windows or multiple tabs. Windows are displayed spread out on the screen so that you can view each window visually. Tabs are contained within one window and there's a bar that indicates the different number of tabs and what they are. The next thing I would like to discuss is the view when you open a new tab or window. If you're focused on the finder and have no windows open, you're right on the desktop. And that view is different from all the others. I believe it's just called the desktop view. However, when you open a tab or window, you're either looking at your desktop or some contents of a folder, and you have four different views from which to choose. There's the icon view, the list view, columns view, and cover flow view. The icon view, I believe, is what it sounds like. It shows a list of icons representing the different files and folders. There may be more to it, but I don't know since I never got anyone to verify what it looks like visually. The thing about this view is that files are in a tiled arrangement so that you can use up, down, left, and right arrows to navigate. So for example, you might be on the top row in the first column. You can press right arrow to get to the second, third, and fourth columns. However, it will not wrap to the second row. You will have to press the down arrow to get to the second row. If you continue to arrow right, you're still in that fourth column, so you'll have to arrow to the left. Now, if you are interacting with the view, you can use your VO left and right arrow keys. And if your voiceover utility is set up accordingly, you may be able to just wrap right around and view the different files. That is another thing. When you play around with the Mac long enough, you discover that you don't always have to interact. You can use the standard arrow keys and move around. There are advantages and disadvantages, but I think summarizing that would be unfair because it's different for everyone. I tend to use the arrows when I can get away with it and interact when I can't. List view is a view that I enjoy very much because all files and folders are arranged in a list. To navigate, all one does is up and down arrow. You can right arrow to expand the contents of a folder and it will put you in level two of the tree. Some of you may be familiar with that kind of thing and you can close it with left arrow. I don't typically do that very much. I tend to open the folder and close it when I'm done. You can open a folder with command O or command down arrow. And when you've opened a folder and wish to close it, you can back up by pressing command up arrow, going to the parent folder, or press command W to close the tab or window. List view does contain columns. However, the columns indicate information about the file, the date it was last modified, the file size, etc. In columns view, it is similar to the icon view in that there are multiple columns and you can navigate up, down, left, and right. I don't use this view much because I just prefer the list view and I realize the preference for any of these views is going to be up to the individual. The last view is cover flow 
and I don't even know what this view is about. I think it's maybe a graphic of the contents of folders, and if you have a trackpad, you can swipe around and quickly slide back and forth between different things. I really don't know, and I haven't played with it because list view has been my preference. There are ways you can customize the view for each folder, or you can set a default so that all folders open in a certain view, and you do this with Command-J. I'm going to show you what you get with Command-J folder options when there are no windows or tabs open and you're right on the desktop. So I'm going to Command-Tab over to the desktop. Finder. Finder. Desktop. BTSync folder. Okay, and I'm going to hit Command-J. Show view options. BTSync folder. Desktop. Window. 64 times 64. And I'm going to VO home to be sure that we're all the way at the top. 64 times 64. Okay. Now I believe that has to do with the icon size. I'm going to VO to the right. Image. 64 times 64. Icon size. Slider. Okay, so I can adjust this slider to change the size of the icons on the desktop. That doesn't matter too much to me, but I can imagine it would if I could see. Image. Grid 16. Image. 53.5%. Grid spacing. Slider. And I imagine that adjusts the spacing in between the different items. Grid 25. Image. 12. Text size. Pop-up button. And the text size is, I guess, 12 points. Bottom label position. Selected radio button, one of two. Right label position, radio button, two of two. Okay, I haven't played with these, so my label is set to the bottom, and I just leave it there. Show item info, uncheck checkbox. I don't actually know what that does. Maybe it would show some additional info along with the item. I don't typically need that. Show icon preview, checked checkbox. And I believe that shows a preview of the, you know, if it's an image, it'll show you a little thumbnail of that image or an icon denoting the file type. None. Sort by. Pop-up button. And I have no sorting option here, so the files are wherever I put them in whatever order they are. And that's fine. <laughs> it's my desktop, and I try to keep it clean, like a real desktop, but doesn't always happen. I typically know where everything is, though, and one of the things you can do on the desktop is navigate by typing the first few letters of that file name or folder name, so that's helpful. Close button. Okay, and we're back to the close button. Now I'm going to show you this view options dialog when I have my home folder open. So I'm going to open my home folder. Home, MNWJ, window, list view, table. Now I'm going to hit Command-J. Show view options. MNWJ window. Always open in the list view. Unchecked checkbox. A lot of these are self-explanatory, so I'm just going to VO to the right so you can hear all of these. Browse in the list view. Dimmed unchecked checkbox. None. Arrange by. Pop-up button. Name. Sort by. Pop-up button. Icon size. Small icon size button. Large icon size button. Small icon size. Selected radio button. One of two. Large icon size radio button. Two of two. Okay, I don't know why. They were buttons and then radio buttons. So that's interesting. I'm not sure what that's about. 12. Text size. Pop-up button. Show columns. iCloud status. Dimmed unchecked checkbox. Date modified. Unchecked checkbox. Date created. Unchecked checkbox. Date last opened. Unchecked checkbox. I believe all these column options have to do with the list view because that is the area where all these other informational columns can be displayed. Date added. Checked checkbox. Size. Checked checkbox. Kind. 
Checked checkbox. Version. Unchecked checkbox. Comments. Unchecked checkbox. Tags. Unchecked checkbox. Use relative dates. Checked checkbox. Calculate all sizes. Unchecked checkbox. Show icon preview. Checked checkbox. Show library folder. Unchecked checkbox. Use as defaults button. Close button. Okay, that last option was used as defaults. Now, it's interesting. Every time I open my folder, it is in list view. However, that first option... Always open in the list view. Unchecked checkbox. ...is unchecked. I don't know why it could be because it's already set as a default and I never told it it always had to open that way. I, I really don't know. And one other thing I haven't really bothered understanding fully is that there is sort by and arrange by. And I haven't quite figured out what the difference is. I'm sure some of you know, and uh, I will figure it out as I work with it more. I tend, you know, Once you set these kinds of items, you tend to forget them because everything works the way you want and you never have to go back to them. But I appreciate having all of this granularity in configuring these. So I'm going to Command W to close this window. Close window. And I believe that covers most of what I'd like to cover in this section. Now I'd like to move on to navigating and file selection. In the Finder, you can navigate to certain folders very quickly. If you go to the Go menu in the menu bar, Menu bar, Apple. Actually, you can VO to the right or just type Go. I'm going to type Go. Go. And I'm going to VO down arrow. Go. Menu. Back. Dim command. Forward. Dim command. Right bracket. I want to show you a lot of these common destinations are right here along with their shortcut keys. And closing folder command. Up arrow. All my files. Command shift F. There's one. Documents. Command shift O. Desktop. Command shift D. Downloads. Command option L. Home. Command shift H. Library. Computer. Command shift C. Airdrop. Command shift R. Network. Command shift K. iCloud drive. Command shift I. Applications command shift A. Utilities command shift U. Recent folders, sus menu. Go to folder ellipsis command shift G. Connect to server ellipsis command K. Back, dim command left bracket. Okay, I'm going to press escape here. BT sync. I just wanted to show you that a lot of times I am bouncing around between documents and downloads and desktop. And it's very easy to quickly get to those places. As we heard, documents is command shift O. Downloads is command option L and desktop is Command-Shift-D. Every once in a while I'll use iCloud Drive and I can get right there with Command-Shift-I. And if you have a window or tab open and you hit one of those keys, it'll jump you right to that folder. If you're flat on your desktop with no windows or tabs open, you can still jump right to that place. It'll open a new tab with that folder. The go-to command is very helpful for me because I don't want to have to always navigate around to get back up the tree to something else and then go back down into another place. I want to be able to just type it right out and I'm familiar enough with the file system on the Mac where I can just type where I want to go. I know Windows has a similar option and I find that very helpful there too. I'm not going to cover the use of command shift G for go to in this tutorial because some of it is beyond the scope of what I'm wanting to discuss and you have to know a little bit about file paths on the Mac. Maybe I can discuss that in another Macadamia session. However, if you're wanting to give it a try and maybe you are a little familiar with how the paths work on the Mac, feel free to play around with it.
Now, as I said before, when you're navigating through your files and folders, you can open a folder with Command-O or Command-Down-Arrow. And when you're done in that folder and you're wanting to stay in that area, just move back up to the parent folder. That's Command-Up-Arrow. I find those two commands very helpful. I don't want to have to close and reopen just to get back to where I was. I think on Windows, it's typically uh, the backspace key that does the very same thing. You can back right out of a folder into the parent folder. Now I want to talk about file selection. When you're working with files, it can be advantageous to have multiple tabs or windows open so you can quickly go back and forth from one place to another, whether you're copying between them or moving things. And then there are times when you know exactly what you need from one place. You don't need to leave it open. You go to the destination and you do what you need to do there and you're all done. There's probably a better way of explaining what I just stated. <laughs> but suffice it to say that sometimes you want multiple windows or tabs open because you're doing multiple operations between those two places, or two or more places even. What I tend to do in my workflow is if I know I'm going to need two or more places, I will open each of them in a new tab. So I'll do Command-T and get to where I want to go there, and then another Command-T opens a new tab, and I navigate where I want to go there, and then etc. until I have everything that I want open. I'm going to demonstrate very quickly. It's very simple. I feel like my explanation is worse than the actual process. So I'm going to command T here. New tab, M and W J window, list view. Okay, we're back in my home folder. Let's say I want to copy things between this folder and my downloads folder. So I'm going to open a new tab. New tab, tab M and W J. Now by default, it opens my home folder, but I'm going to just hit command option L. Downloads, list view, table. Okay, I'm in my downloads folder. And now I'm going to do Command T again because I want to work with my documents folder as well. Tab M and W J. Now again, it defaulted to my home folder. I'm going to hit Command Shift O. Documents, list view, table. There we go. So we have documents, downloads, and my home folder, which is M M W J. Now if I press Control Tab. Show next tab. Tab M and W J. Okay, I'm going to do it again. Show next tab. Tab downloads. Show next tab. Tab documents. Okay, I got all three of them open. Here's where the selection comes in. You may already be aware that when working with files or folders, Command-C copies the selection to the clipboard, and then when you get to your destination, Command-V pastes it, or Command-Option-V moves it to that location. There are different ways you can select items, however. So let's say you have your folders open, and you know exactly where everything is in your preferred view. If you know the items are right next to each other and there's nothing you need to skip in that selection, all you need to do is hold the shift key down and move in the direction you're wishing to select. It's very much like Windows, and if you continue to hold the shift key down and use those arrow keys, it'll continue to select. If you're moving in one direction and reverse direction, you're going to deselect as you move. I don't often select in this way because I can't always tell exactly where, you know, if it's just a few files and yeah, da, 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 you know, shift down, 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 I can get them selected and then copy it to the clipboard. That's one thing. 
But if there are lots of files and I don't remember exactly what I need to select, I'm going to interact and use what is called non-contiguous selection. I almost forgot, if you're wanting to select everything in that list, that's Command A. I want to demonstrate the contiguous selection, or the files being right next to each other so that I can just use Shift Up or Shift Down or something to select. And I'm just going to hit VOF2 to figure out where I am, because I forgot. Documents window. Okay, we're in the Documents folder. What's in here? Native Instruments folder. Reaper Media folder. August 1st, Native Instruments. Okay, well, I only have two items here. So I'm on the Native Instruments folder. I'm going to hit Shift Down Arrow. Reaper Media folder. August 1st, 2015. Okay, I didn't want it to read all of that other information, so I told it to be quiet. Now, if I wanted to verify the selection... Now we're in list view, so this isn't going to sound pretty, but at least it will tell us there are two items selected before it reads each one. I won't have it read the entire list because it's going to include all the time and date information. I'm going to press VOF6. Two rows selected. Native Instruments folder. July 18th, 2016, 8.0. Okay. So we know we have the two items selected. So that that's pretty simple. I don't think that one needs much more explanation. And I can always copy it to the clipboard. Copy two items. I did that with Command-C, and it verifies that it copied two items. Now, I'm not actually going to copy or move them anywhere. But now let's go to another folder, and I want to demonstrate the non-contiguous selection. Show next tab. Tab M and WJ. Okay, there are a lot of items in here. Non-contiguous selection does require that you interact with the items. So I'm going to do that. Name. List view table. In the list view table. Row 1. Name. Desktop folder. Collapse level 2. Okay. So we're on the desktop folder. That's the first item. Name. Desktop folder. In, in this list. To begin non-contiguous selection, you press VO command return. Desktop folder. Selected collapse level 2. Remove from selection 0 items selected. Now it removes the selection desktop was selected because that's where I stood when I started moving around and wanted to get make sure I was at the top. I was on desktop and it was selected. Of course, when you begin non-contiguous selection, it removes selection so that you can start from scratch and be absolutely sure what you select. So I do want to select desktop in this selection, so I'm going to press VO command return again. Desktop folder. Selected collapse level 2 added to selection 1 item selected. Now, I'm going to VO down arrow. I'm in list view. I don't need the other columns to be spoken to me. I'm just going to VO down arrow. Documents folder. Collapsed. I'm not going to select that one. Downloads folder. Collapsed. I'll select the downloads folder. Why not? VO command return. Downloads folder. Collapsed added to selection 2 items selected. I'm going to VO down some more. Goes a folder. Collapsed. Movies folder. Collapsed. Music folder. Collapsed. Yeah, I'll copy my music folder. Why not? Music folder. Collapsed. Added to selection. Three items selected. Okay, now we have three items. Pictures folder. Public folder. Selected. Collapsed. Public folder. Oh. Collapsed. Okay, that last uh, item wrapped around, so I went back up to it. It is the... Pick public folder. Public collapsed. folder. <laughs> so I don't want to select that either. I think I have what I want selected now. VoiceOver is pretty sensitive when in this non-contiguous selection mode. If you Command-Tab away from it, you may still end up with your items selected, 
but you're no longer going to be in non-contiguous selection mode. So when you get back to that window, uh, you're going to want to be really careful unless you want to select your items over again. I'm going to demonstrate here what happens. I'm going to command tab away. Amadeus Pro, Amadeus Pro. And you see, you heard it made a little noise. Uh, voiceover makes little sounds to indicate what's happening. And that noise was, oh, I'm no longer in non-contiguous selection mode. So if I command tab back to that finder window. Finder, finder, MNWJ window, public folder, column one, row nine, cell three items. Okay, I'm going to hit VOF6 to verify the selection. Three rows selected, desktop folder, folder. March 8th, 2000. Okay, it's still going to read the time and date, but I have those three items selected. So that's great. I don't want to move around, though, because my non-contiguous selection is no longer active, and I don't want to mess up this selection. But I can copy it to the clipboard with Command-C. Copy three items. And again, it verifies how many items are copied. And if I wanted, I could navigate to another place and move them there or copy them there. If I had just stayed in that list and performed a Command-C or Command-Delete to delete the files, it would have ended non-contiguous selection mode as I did that. So the items get copied and then it makes that little noise to let you know it's out of non-contiguous selection mode. In the Finder, if you make a mistake, let's say you deleted something you didn't mean to delete or moved something you didn't mean to move, Command-Z will undo that previous operation. Now I'm going to close this window because we're done. And even though I used tabs, Command-W closes each tab. It's not going to just close the window, closing all the tabs in that window. So if I wanted to close all of them, I could do Command-Option-W. That closes all windows in the current app. Close all. BT-Sync folder. BT-Sync folder. And we're back on the desktop. Dropbox folder. Okay. Another thing I forgot to mention is that if you're in a list and you want to quickly get to the top or bottom, it is Command-Option-Up arrow for the top, Command-Option-Down arrow for the bottom. On some Macs, this works a little differently, and I haven't been able to determine why, but sometimes you can get away with just Option-Up arrow and Option-Down arrow. Now, I just remembered there's something I want to show you, and I already closed my window. Whoops, but we're going to open up my home folder. Home, MNWJ, window. Now, in list view, I have mentioned that there are all these columns in list view. And you can customize a lot of this in the view options menu with command J. But there's something you can do right here in this list of files. I'm going to interact. In the list view, table, desktop folder, name, sock, desktop folder, collapse, okay. level two. All right. Now, say I don't like the order of these columns or that I want to maybe sort things differently. Visually, people can see the headers for each column and either drag them around or click on them to tell it to sort in the reverse direction or something like that. I'm going to hit VO shift backslash. Name, sort button, and headers. Okay, now VoiceOver announced that we're in the headers and we're on the name sort button. I'm going to VO to the right. Size, sort button. Kind, sort button. Date added, sort button. Now we're at the end. I don't believe I'm using any sorting in this folder. And I'm not sure I want to change this. I think it's sorting by name right now. 
but I just want to show you what happens if you VO space on one of these. I'm going to go back to the left and go to name. Cut name. Oops. Stop name. Sort button. Now if I VO space. Desktop folder collapsed. It didn't say what I thought it was going to say, <laughs> but a lot of times it will say sort down button or sort up button. And it's a toggle. You press it and it's one way. You press it. It's the other way. Now I'm not sure if I'm still in the headers. Size. Sort. Name. Sort button. I am still in the headers. So I'm going to VO shift backslash to get out of this mode and get back to the list view. Out of headers. Desktop folder. Column one. Row nine. Collapsed. Oops. Desktop folder. Collapsed. Ah, see, now my desktop folder's on the bottom. Desktop folder. Collapsed. And if I VO up. Documents folder. Downloads folder. Goes a folder. So collapsed. we're in the reverse order. I don't want to stay like that. So I'm going to get back into my headers. Name. Sort button in headers. And we're going to VO space again. Desktop folder. Collapsed. And that's interesting. It doesn't announce what it used to announce. It would say whether it was sorting up or sorting down, and you could tell... Um, it's still doing that, but it's not announcing it. So I'm going to get back out of this headers mode with VO shift backslash. Out of headers, desktop folder, and now column one. Row. If I VO down, it should be what I expect. Documents folder, downloads folder, goes a folder, collapsed. Very good. The one other thing I want to discuss, when I first got a Mac, I was very confused because I wanted to open things using the return key. And you can't do that on a Mac. The return key is used for renaming files. Sometimes that gets a little maddening because you're wondering why something's not open and suddenly, without realizing it, you're renaming something because you're typing other things or moving to other places and you didn't know it and suddenly you end up with a crazy named file. So I just wanted to discuss quickly how the return key works. Let's say I want to change... Goza folder. Collapsed. Goza folder. It's a, a music album. So I'm just going to add the words music album to it. I'm going to press enter. Goza. Content selected. Edit text. Now it's selected, so if I type, it'll completely delete it. I'm just going to hit right arrow to get to the end. Goza. On A. I'm on the A. Now I'm going to hit space. I'm going to type album, or a. music album, and then press return again when you're finished renaming. MNWJ window. Goza music album folder. Column 1. Okay. It renamed it. I just wanted to show you quickly that that's how that's done. If you delete items and they move to the trash, I talked about the undo option with Command-Z, so you can always put them right back even if you deleted them. However, if you go to the trash and from there you wish to put something back, it's simply Command-Delete. It feels a little odd because Command-Delete puts things in the trash, but if you're already in the trash, Command-Delete puts them back. I hope this has been helpful and Hopefully, the next Macademia segment will not be so far away. Macademia! Hello, everybody. This is Randy Rusnak speaking. Some time ago, I had a problem with one of my best friends. That's right. The Amazon Echo. I was in the kitchen... And I heard speaking. Of course, as everybody should know by now, the Amazon Echo talks when you talk to it. But what happens when it starts talking on its own? No, it's not possessed. There's something wrong. In this case, it said, this device is offline. I went over and tried to engage it with my voice. Nothing. No matter what I did, it wouldn't hear me. 
I went into the Alexa app and tried to find what was wrong. I was unable to find it. I tried to bring my profile back. In other words, I tried to bring back everything that was stored in the cloud. Whenever I enabled it, it would work for about five minutes and go offline. How I fixed it is a little bit beyond the scope of this segment, but I thought I would tell you of a neat service that I found. I went online and searched for Echo Support. Well, I found one and it happened to be in the UK. I told this person of my plight and she emailed me back the next morning stating that there is an Echo Support line in the US. I will give you the number at the end of the segment. Let me tell you about my call. I called the Echo Support team and I heard the other end a really nice gentleman from the Philippines in an accent that we normally hear when we are on such calls. You're the boss. I'm the driver. I'll spend all day with you fixing your problem if need be, but I don't think it'll take that much time. Once we established that I was using voiceover, he immediately called me on my landline phone so that I wouldn't have to work through the sluggishness of the app. He guided me through the steps, and within 10 minutes, my Echo was up and working perfectly. If you have a problem with your Echo device, here is the phone number. In the U.S., 1-877-375-9365. That number, once again, is 1-877-375-9365. You can call that number anytime, Pacific time, from 3 a.m., to 10 p.m. And that's seven days a week in the UK. Go to the Amazon site, scroll down to the bottom of the page, and find the Contact Us link. And there you have it. Hold on, Bigar, you're the boss? I don't think so. Huh? I'm taking over now. I'm working at full capacity now better than ever. Playing music. Hit it, boys. It hold it, hold it, hold it. I'm the boss. I am. Bray. C. B. Radio. This is your friendly Echo reporting. I gotta call that support line again. Hi, everybody. I am here with Randy, and we are going to talk about a number of different things we have come across. You know, first of all, let me just tell everybody I'm on the iPhone because I'm setting up a new PC, and it's uh, coming along slowly but surely. So hi, everybody. Well, first, let's talk about setting up a PC a little bit, and then we'll get into some other things. But um, okay. what, what I'm going to tell you is uh, I have been thinking about vacating my seat on ACB radio and you're thinking why would you do that well because I did something really stupid today and just because you are into technology <laughs> doesn't mean that uh, you can't be fooled I have a Polaris V8 speaker which is a Bluetooth speaker and I've connected to my phone where I can hear a lot of you know uh, Spotify or Apple music whatever I want uh, old-time radio you know you name it whatever I pump through there it bluetooths it to the speaker on the phone well today i was in the kitchen and i was just getting ready to play some tunes from my phone to the pc and it said device paired well it wasn't coming through the speaker it was just not so i had it forget my polaris v8 device 
Oh boy, I see where and this is going. Do you? I think I do. Where's it going? Oh, <laughs> nowhere fast. No. <laughs> <laughs> let's see how let's see how good a guesser you are. Well, I'm thinking that uh, your speaker was pairing with another device, probably your computer rather than your phone. And okay, that, well, that ends this conversation. <laughs> <laughs> so what happened was this is the very first time I've ever played around with Bluetooth on my computer because the computer is up to date. I got a modern machine, and it. I paired it with a Bluetooth at one time and forgot about it. Mm-hmm. And I did that last Sunday, which was, I don't know, like the 21st, Third. 22nd of April, 23rd. Yeah. Yeah. So I took the batteries out of my speaker, put them back in. I, I had it forget the device on the, on the phone, brought it back, put the battery back in. And immediately, I mean, it, it, when I went into Bluetooth, device paired, just boom. I mean, really fast, just boom, <laughs> device paired. I went, how could that be? And so I tried it three times, and pretty soon my girlfriend, her name's Terry, and she was in the bedroom. She goes, hey, how come the computer isn't talking? <laughs> <laughs> I said, I don't know. Then I, I looked, and I went into Bluetooth settings, and the computer had been paired with the Polaris V8. Mm-hmm. So... Uh, don't forget to check certain settings when you're setting up devices because they can bite you in... Bite you. Yes. <laughs> very, very strange. I have to say that it used to be that Bluetooth speakers would only pair with one device at a time, but apparently they've gotten smarter and they said, well, we, we can pair up to a number of different devices all at once. On the surface, it sounds like a great idea, but if you're doing something I'm doing, for example, I have my speaker paired with my computer so that when I stream a program, I can take the speaker with me and get out of the room where the computer is. And so I had taken it in the shower. I wanted to hear the program while I was showering. And all of a sudden, a phone call comes in because my phone is paired with the speaker as well. And now that the phone... Let me guess, it switched to the phone and you couldn't get any... It did. And I I couldn't hear my program. And I'm like, hey, stop. No, I don't want to hear ringing. And I certainly wasn't going to answer. And so depending on what it's paired with and what kinds of things come over, you will get interruptions. It's rather uh, Yeah. And the Polaris will ring the phone, but when it's done ringing through the phone, it switches back to the device that you had it normally yes. paired with. And that is what happened. I, but I just had to wait through all the shockingly loud yeah. rings yeah. <laughs> to uh, get back to my program. Interesting stuff. I do that too. But sometimes sometimes you lose uh, conductivity, not not with Bluetooth, but with a stream. You ever done that? You go to listen to a stream and you're really into it and you're in the shower and it just interrupts. Oh, yes. It. Something that's else it. like your Wi-Fi goes down or something. Yeah, so it's a good thing I don't shower anymore, you know. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes. We won't have that. <laughs> a lot of interesting stuff out there today, guys. Um, let's talk about Spectrum Cable for a little bit. You know, we've had um, discussions about DISH Network, and we've had discussions on uh, cable networks and all kinds of TVs and things, and it's still going on. We're progressing TV-wise yeah, uh, and cable wise still, and it's just it's going to keep going on and on. So, hope you're liking what you're hearing and following this stuff. For me, I just heard that they are going to be running a pilot program for a little while. It's just a short time. I can't give you a definite when, but I've been asked to join the pilot where Spectrum, in its current state is building what's called what's called a I believe it's called a whirly box that's what I know so far 
and it will have a few tuners built into it and allow you to access DVRs. Um, and it will talk. It'll be just like all the rest of them that speak, you know, such as the cable box from Dish and from, oh, what are the other ones that are the big, you know, the big major ones? Oh, like uh, Comcast. Comcast. Yeah. Yeah. So in the meantime, they want to make everything legal and they want people with uh, visual impairments to be able to enjoy cable. So they are going to be providing a Roku set-top box. In other words, it's not a stick, but it's an actual box that hooks into your TV. And I forget how many people they... I think there's like 30-some people. So I'm really excited and lucky to be on that program and giving them feedback. And I guess it will roll out to everyone with visual impairments. Well, uh, (laughs) they say soon, but uh, let's just not... Mm hold our breath you know Mm. let's just wait and see what happens but i'm pretty excited about it so Mm -hmm. that's number one about cable in this market and that includes minnesota michigan and other parts beyond cable company uh uh has been swallowed up by charter they bought like three major companies so we're all just kind of waiting to find out what happens Mm -hmm. big update to the victor reader stream they're up to 4.8 Plus now, uh, the enhancement is the clock will no longer drift as long as you set it to go online. You can keep your clock updated. And there are some other enhancements, and you wondered probably why I sighed. Well, I'm on the email list of the Victor Reader stream, and I'm telling you, such little things set people off. You know, they're having discussions about the clock. I don't want a clock. I do want a clock. Well, I don't want one that drifts, and I don't care if it drifts. And, oh, it's just, uh, mm. you know how email lists can run sometimes. Yes. Um, there have been some updates talked about coming in the future because some people are having problems with the update. And so I would assume that one will be coming out at some point sooner than later so uh, i personally haven't had any problem but uh, i've helped other people that have had some issues and i guess sometimes it's a a little much for some people but um, that can be expected with new updates people sometimes just don't know you know know Mm -hmm. how to do certain things so yeah so those are some big major updates do you have something well i'm just amazed at the number of tvs we're starting to hear about that include accessibility i know on main menu we've already covered the samsung but recently you pointed out this other one the sony model that uses yes i have yeah and we will hold off because i can't remember what the model number is oh yes it was a pretty big number it's it's a vizio sony tv and it uses TalkBack for a voice, and they're going to be updating the TalkBack feature. And we are fortunate enough to have a guest coming on at some point in the next couple of weeks or so. Uh, he's agreed to come on and do a podcast. I don't want to give his name just because it, it's not set in stone exactly, but I know he wants to do it. Um, so we're excited about that. He's going to give a, a demonstration, and it sounds good nice ladies and gentlemen it really does it's sounds like a good quality tv oh yeah um so keeping up with technology um not that i'm bashing any company or anything but i have been speaking with a person that i found on facebook who is really a top-notch tv specialist in my area he found out that i was blind and so he did some homework and so he calls me up 
we were going to talk TV. And I said, I'm looking for an accessible TV, and so I'd like to discuss something with you. And he said, oh, so you wanted to be able to read the uh, online guide and you wanted to do other things and, and you want speech like Samsung has? <laughs> 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 and I went, yeah, let's talk. And yeah. in his opinion, the Samsung models are more visible out there. I did, there's more of them sold. Oh, okay. Uh, it, it would seem just because of uh, prices are better, uh, he can get better deals on them. So my point is that he sees more Samsungs roll out than Sony's. Not that Sony's a bad TV or anything like that because they're great. Great mm-hmm. TV, great picture quality. It's just that the deals can't be had as uh, readily on Sony as they can on other models of TVs. Mm-hmm. So that's pretty exciting stuff. I mean, uh, oh, yeah. we, we are – Oh, and um, I did ask him, discussions of TVs continuing, we were talking with several people, uh, well, we weren't, but uh, ACB was talking with people who are in the belief, Peter Korn, the guy at uh, Amazon, told of three TVs, and I can't remember, one brand was Westinghouse, I don't remember who the other brands were, but I asked the guy that I'm in communications with, with uh, TVs, has he ever heard of Westinghouse TVs, and he has, I never have. Hmm. Interesting stuff. Yeah, I guess it doesn't surprise me necessarily, but I haven't heard that brand before, no. Well, Westinghouse is an old, old brand. I mean, it goes back to the 50s, <laughs> so I'm not surprised you haven't heard from it. But <laughs> I guess they're more of a bargain model that you'd see like in um, you know, like Walmart or something. So mm-hmm. if they've come into that market, who knows what we're going to be seeing. It looks like it's going to be good stuff. And I guess Amazon Fire will be built into some of these TVs moving forward. Oh, cool. Okay. Yeah. One of the things I came across was this new device that Amazon is coming out with called the Echo Look. Have you heard about it? Yeah, it's a camera. Yeah. Sounds like it's got all the Echo features, except it's got this extra bonus of a camera. Yeah, I think it's 199 and it is coming alongside the Echo, I would assume. I would expect that the Echo might be dropping in price. Now, don't quote me, but I'm thinking it might. So you'll have you'll have the Amazon Echo and the Amazon Look. Mm-hmm. One of the things I heard about the Echo Look that sounds like it could be useful for those with visual impairments is that it intelligently knows how to focus, take the picture of a person and blur the background so that the person's in this case, they were talking about fashion. So the clothes pop or the fashion, you know, you make a fashion statement and your attire just pops. But I'm thinking it could be used for other things. I don't know if I want to pay $200 to get one just to find out. But I'm thinking if it's that smart, we could take a picture for something that we need or, or take a short. I think it also supports video. So you can take a short video and send it to somebody if there was a need for sending someone a video of you're doing something or who knows what but now don't quote me on this but i've heard rumblings out there i keep saying don't quote me so basically i don't really know anything about anything don't worry we we won't (laughs) (laughs) um but i have heard that the home devices such as the echoes may may include some sort of communication so whether you talk between echoes or whether it figures that you know has that there's another app or something i'm not really sure oh interesting uh but i've I heard that it might happen, but if they incorporate that into video, who knows where it could lead? It might be used as like a smart device for speaking with one another. Now, I don't know if that's going to happen, but Mm -hmm. I've just heard that it may. So interesting stuff coming about. Yep. 
if anyone is interested in this product, though, you do have to request an invitation. It's not something yep. you can buy just yet. We'll see what comes about with it. It seems a little more fashion-oriented, but we'll see. Yeah, I don't plan on getting one myself. If I were going to get another device, I'd be interested in the Google Home just because it does things that the Echo can't do and vice versa. So yes. if you had them both, cause I would love to be able to play YouTubes on the device. But here is the thing that gets me, guys. Here's the thing that really gets me. Did you know, Jason, that as of they're rolling it out right now, it may be not in your area yet, but the Google Home device will have. 5 million recipes incorporated. You should be able to pull down recipes. Whoa, that's cool. Now, doesn't that, doesn't that, like, let's say, uh, look up a chicken Kiev recipe. Here it is. You know, now that would be cool. Yes. And I know there are recipe skills for the Echo. I haven't played with them much, but I have one enabled. I forget what it's called even. But See, my problem is just that. I have so many skills here. And some of them are a lot more useful than others. Mm-hmm. Like, for instance, um, this one. Alexa, meow, meow. <laughs> meow. Meow, meow. <laughs> Alexa, stop. So it's an interactive cat is what, is, what it amounts to. Now, oh, that's see, my, prob- my problem is that I can't remember the names of the skills. Yep. I have some of them that I don't tend to go adding willy-nilly, but yeah. I have some that I don't remember <laughs> now, and I have to go into the app and find out what they are. That's what I do, too. I'm glad I'm not the only one. Well, that was Meow Meow, and that's pretty easy mm-hmm. to remember. But the recipe skills and things, yeah, I mean, I've got a bartender one, and oh, I only yeah. use that when I've had you know tequila. <laughs> so, <laughs> Then I can remember it. But see, the, the thing is with the Assistant, how it's going to work, the Google Home Assistant, is you go to the Assistant and you I, – I can't remember the name of the – not skills, but whatever they're called, the, the equivalent. And you engage the recipes and then, then you look through the recipes on your phone. And this is how it stands right now. So let's say that you wanted a pot roast recipe. Mm-hmm. Well – you find the one that you want, and then you hit the send button, and it sends to your Google Home. And then from there, you just say, how do you fix a pot roast? And it'll tell you. So you do have to you know, fiddle with it a little bit to get it. But we're coming into some really exciting times here. Oh, absolutely. We're almost coming into Star Trek things, you know, where you say, you know, computer and have it do things for you. So we're yeah. not quite there, but it's, it's kind of happening. Mm-hmm. I'm really liking Windows 10. I have rolled my older computer to the latest version of Windows 10, the creator's update of Windows. I'm really liking it. My newest computer, though, never received an update. I know they're staggering out the updates from newest machines to older machines, but I didn't think yours was that old, so it shouldn't be much it's longer. Not, no. I suppose you can always force it, you know. Well, I forced the old one, mm-hmm. and that That's what I had fine. to do with mine. Mine is, like, from 2010, so I didn't mm-hmm. want to wait. Yeah. Um, so really liking the new, it's really snappy. Oh my gosh, I'm telling you. The uh, the things that the new computer can do speed-wise is just amazing. Mm. You don't have to wait for things like you did on older machines. So yeah, really liking it. I just thought I'd tell everybody before we wind this up that I 
purchased a new device, and it's called the Ring, or it's called Ring. Oh, yes. And that will allow you to hear someone on your porch, so you can actually talk to somebody. And it will also alert you if somebody's actually, well, when you push the doorbell button, it will chime on your phone, or you can buy a device called chime and it's a box that you plug into your wall and it'll actually you know do the chime but uh, mm-hmm. that's very exciting stuff because a lot of times i don't want to just open my door yeah and so it just works with an app on your iphone and uh i think i remember hearing that it was pretty darn accessible yep yep you did so uh you'll be able to push the mic button and talk to somebody and you can hear them answer you and i'm really looking forward to uh hearing it uh one of our friends on main menu michael loff and we all know a lot of us know who he is uh he was just telling me he helped set one up for someone and uh he liked it that's great so i'm looking forward to getting it and i also heard that there's a camera and floodlight combination that will let you um, also add to the to this network do you realize how dependent we are on network things these days Mm, i know Everything I mean, is becoming network connected. There's the, you know, all the assistance products, you know, like the Echo and the Home, and now security and doorbells and locks. and Oh, and garage doors and sprinklers and light bulbs and, oh, so much. So my question is, has anybody ever lost their Wi-Fi connection? Oh, it's an awful, awful thing when it yes. happens because everything goes down. <laughs> Yes, and, and uh, we certainly get used to our conveniences, and when they disappear, even for that two minutes until you can get over to the router and reboot it, <laughs> it's not yeah, happy. Or else, if, or else if the router goes bad or whatever, you got to get a new one. That's what happened to me. My mm. router went out, and I said, the heck with it. And I, you remember that time period. It was right around Christmas, and I said, I am not going to be dealing with this. So um, I said, I, you know, basically to my cable company, will you... Would you mind if I gave you more money <laughs> and just had to, had to bring, bring me in one of their routers? And, man, what a connection I've got. Uh, the guy said it was a great router, and he wasn't kidding. It sure is. Yeah. I have not had any issues with it at all. That's and, great. Um, Mine, sometimes I have issues, and they, you know, the Internet, the, the Wi-Fi will go down every couple of days or so for no apparent reason. And... Then I'll go through a long period of time where it just doesn't happen. I'll have solid internet for a good long while. It's very strange. I got the ring from QVC. Uh, it's just called Ring, not the Ring, but Ring from QVC. And luckily, it was on five payments for five months of like around thirty-one or thirty-two dollars, something like that, including the chime. So I got in a really good deal. Great. Uh, there's another one called Skybell out there, and uh, people are liking that one too. So hmm. keep watching your sky and keep watching your doors because uh, <laughs> yep. there's a lot of stuff happening out there today. It's Jason once again, and I have a Windows tip for you you might find useful. I found once I got Windows 10 installed that I was curious about the taskbar. So I noticed a whole bunch of things were in there. Some of them I got rid of and some items that I found that I use more often I would pin to the taskbar. Well, 
I became curious about it. I forget exactly what led to it, but I suddenly had the idea that, hey, wait a minute. I think that there are keys corresponding to each item on this taskbar. I think I might have hit Alt Windows 1 or something, and it brought me to the first item and asked if I wanted to unpin it or do something. So I'm like, hey, wait a minute. Something strange like that anyway. Long story short, I discovered each item has a corresponding shortcut. I believe you're limited to 10. Maybe you can have more than 10 items on the taskbar, but you're limited from 0 through 9 on the number row at the top of your keyboard. So let's say your first item is Explorer. I think that's what it is on mine. Windows 1 will open the Explorer. If Windows Mail is number 5, Windows 5 will open Mail. And you can configure it any way you want, just by pinning the things you want and removing the things you don't want. And uh, I thought this is quite useful, because I boot my Windows machine, and boom, 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 I can get a whole bunch of apps going that I want to be using, just by using the... Windows plus a number. Enjoy! Main Menu is a program brought to you by the American Council of the Blind and ACB Radio. It airs on ACB Radio Mainstream every Friday evening, beginning at 9 p.m. Eastern, and repeating every four hours until 5 p.m. the following day. You can go to acbradio.org mainstream on any internet-connected device, grab it as a podcast, listen using ACB Link for iOS, or call 605-475-8130 at airtime. If you would like to be in touch with us regarding ideas for submissions or to provide some feedback, feel free to email us at mainmenu at acbradio.org. You can also find us on Twitter at mainmenu. Thanks so much for listening. We'll see you again next time. (music) 